Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. And on today's program, Lynn Worthy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch will be with us. Uh, coming up at 10.15, we're going to get right into it. Absolutely. I mean, what else are we going to do in here, Jackson? I know you want to talk about LeBron. AD. And uh, AD. And maybe maybe we'll get to it at 10.58. I don't know. That's all, I, that's all the time I need. I don't know if this was discussed because I was running in here. We were, uh, God, I know it comes off as a brag, but I was on HD2 just a minute ago. All right? Yep. And I know the people on HD1 are like, I don't like how he flashes that in our faces. Uh, so I, I didn't get a chance to talk to Randy Carricker and Carrie Davis and Brooke Grimsley and Matt Rocchio about the topic of discussion on opening drive. But I got, I, I, I got a take. Ooh. Yeah. And this isn't the Dan Orlovsky school of broadcasting. This is actually how I feel. And I don't know if it's popular. I don't know if it's unpopular. I don't really fancy myself a takesmith. Uh, I'll be real candid with you. I'm a guy working on his uh, golf handicap and trying to move to Jupiter, Florida. Uh, I don't know if I could be more direct about it. So I am not really one of you. Uh, let's be honest about it. But I got, a, I got an opinion here, and my opinion is this. What the hell was that press conference about yesterday with the Stiefel patch? Yes, yeah, uh, didn't seem do you, like. Do the, you agree with me on this? It's just it's very strange. Tone deaf timing. is the word. Yeah, or is that two words? Is it the phrase? It's Whatever it words. is, it's tone deaf. It doesn't matter if it's a word. My adjective is tone deaf. I saw friend of the program John Denton, uh, who's with us on Thursdays here on 101 ESPN, uh, tweeting out that the Cardinals um, would have a press conference at four o'clock, and I go, oh wow. And then I saw it was Bill DeWitt the third, And I go, oh boy. Because, having done this for what Jackson calls 20-plus Hall of Fame years, and I don't like to talk about that because I'm, I agree that it is, but if I say it, it sounds like I'm saying it myself without you saying it. Right. Even though I am the one who said it. Right, but I echo the sentiment. Thank you. And I thought, oh boy. It's billed with the third, which means this is probably about business and additional revenue, not about baseball. But the fans aren't aware of that. Some of the fans are, but most of the fans won't be. And so when this is news about, like, Ballpark Village is opening up a new country bar, 
it's not going to play well with those who are hoping for pitching help or offensive help or uh, coaching staff change or something like that. And sure enough, once the announcement of the Stiefel patch was made, oh, God in heaven. (laughs) But here's the thing about it. And this is why, hey, it's not like the Blues had a good year, but this this is... This is the thing. I just want to. I want to grab this. I'm, I'm grabbing air right now. Plus, I have the tiny little hands. Yeah, small pencils. boy. I'm a yeah. tiny little boy looking for a growth spurt. <laughs> but the Blues get it. They wouldn't do that. The, the, you just. They have to. And I. And by the way, and I'm not talking about they wouldn't put something on their their jerseys or helmets. Stiefel is on their helmets. I understand that. I am pro business. I am pro generating revenue all day long, 100%. I am all for it. But my God, there has to be somebody in the organization who says, you know, I know this is a big deal. And Steve is probably spending millions of dollars to be on the Cardinal jerseys. And hey, great. Cardinals got to make up some money. This TV situation is a problem. I know they're not going to run around saying it, but it's a problem. Uh, and so they got to make up money. Great. That's business. Good for them. And even personally, I would love the uniforms to look clean, but at those days are over. It isn't going to happen. I like when the outfield walls just had the team logos on them. That ain't going to happen either. You know, so I understand that. I mean, you see the soccer jerseys. This is the way things are going. So it's in your association. I think only the NFL is the only bastion left, but even their practice jerseys are sponsored. Right. So I understand it. Here is where I'm coming from on it. It is tone deaf. AF to have a press conference announcing a business deal on the day you come home and talk about starting anew after a two and eight road trip. And that is a tweet where you kind of deep tease the announcement on top of it. Oh my God. And then to take it to another level and to be real honest with you on TMA, I didn't think about this until my co-host Doug Vaughn brought it up. What he was thinking the announcement would be about a Mike Shannon patch. Right. Would have made sense. Totally. I don't think that that would have necessarily been a thing they would have had a press conference for, but maybe they would have to address the passing of Mike Shannon mm-hmm. in a press conference format. That would have made sense. I just saw it, and I'm like, okay, this is a ballpark village development. There's you know another condo being built or something like that. And by the way, I'm all for that. Right. I'm not anti-ballpark village. I'm not anti-owners making money. I am all for it. Good for them. Good for them. But... Part of being a successful owner slash business person is having an awareness of the tone of your messaging and also awareness of the way your audience is feeling right now. And maybe you might think internally, man, our audience doesn't realize that actually the Cardinals have the second hardest hit ball rate in Major League Baseball, but the offense doesn't certainly look like that. And they actually do, only second behind the Rays, which is a fascinating statistic. But the reality is the team is, is, is 10 and 19 as they're holding the press conference, 10 and 20 now, and it's going to piss people off. It's just unnecessary. It's a self-inflicted wound. And when people are standing around going, what's going on with this team? And what you do is you come out and announce we got a Stiefel patch on. It doesn't help the Stiefel deal either because now people go, oh, Stiefel, what are they doing? Well, Stiefel just did a deal probably months ago, and the plan was to announce it on May 2nd, but call an audible. And you go, well, the patches might have already been on the jerseys. There are more than one jersey for each player in the building. I'm very confident in that. If there's not, then, my God, this TV deal must have really hit them hard, <laughs> which would then make the, the pitching staff the, the second biggest problem. I just, I mean, listen, in the whole scheme of things, 
it is an absolute nothing. I will rank pitching concerns, offensive concerns, defensive concerns, base running concerns, all ahead of the press conference at 4 o'clock yesterday. But it just speaks to being tone deaf. And I'm not saying the St. Louis Blues are the second coming of the New York Yankees of the 50s and early 60s. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I just know the Blues wouldn't have done it. That's what I'm saying. And by the way, I'm not on the Blues payroll. I guess 101 carries the Blues games. But trust me, the Blues have zero affiliation with me. And just like the Cardinals want any, no affiliation with me. So I, I'm just telling you what I think. They can fire me today during this segment. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you. It's, it's a tone-deaf move. Tone-deaf move. And when you have a fan base that is going, what is going on? Everything with the team is messed up. Oh, there's an announcement coming from Bill DeWitt III. This will be exciting. Well, we're putting a patch on the jersey so we can make some more money. Oh, my God. What are you doing? It's just it's tone deaf. Jackson, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Disagree with me. Come at me. I want a piece of you today. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you totally get it. And maybe the situation was that this was the date they planned for a long time. And it was just very unfortunate timing. But that still doesn't excuse, you know, there's always override power. Things can be worked out where it's like, hey, this is not going to look good to the fan base. But if it was a situation where it was, we're announcing it today and that's final and the deal was so good and we don't, I don't have the Cardinals financials in front of me. I don't know if anyone does. They but, usually share them with HD one broadcasters, right? But you right. got to be in uh, peak hours of morning drive or afternoons. Yeah, so we're kind of on the outside looking in in that that's, sense. That's correct. So I'm not the person of uh, of the most knowledge of the situation, but I will say that you know maybe that is a situation, and that is just really unfortunate timing. But either way, because people don't know all of that, you're still going to look tone deaf. So no matter how you want to spin it. It is a tone deaf move. There's no way. So, are you that. honestly thinking that t- before I brought it up? Honestly, well, I, it's, it's, I don't care when no, the other one came out. I, but I saw that and I go, "This is going to go so poorly," and it's a self-inflicted wound. Like you couldn't. If you want to be mad at the Cardinals about Nolan Arenado, then you know, God bless, have have at it, you know. But you can't. I mean, who would have thought that this would be going on? That's going to happen. Unfortunately, these things are going to I mean, Aaron Judge is on the aisle for the Yankees while they kind of flop around in the cellar in the American League East. These things happen. But this, this is another level. The Yankees are at least above 500. This is 10 and 19, now 10 and 20. And you're doing something, and it just, it just, I just don't, sometimes I just don't think they get it. And I, and I guess there's value to not paying attention to the outside. But the thing is, I know they kind of do pay attention to the outside, not necessarily the players. Um, and I'm just I'm surprised that they would that they'd miss a two foot putt, so to speak. Right. And I was on the same boat as you and I saw that there was a press conference and it was built with a third was gonna be talking about it. You know, Mosaic does baseball stuff like baseball management right the actual roster and the th- build with the baseball third. side and there's a business side and right. john mazalek handles the baseball side and bill dewitt handles the business, business. side so, so when I, I saw that i'm like oh this has nothing to do with baseball oh boy right and then you're talking about additional revenue when a team that was claimed was going to increase payroll and of course i have to put out there that they technically did but you bring in more additional revenue and the thing that people were complaining about to spend money on is a pitching staff and Stephen Max Stephen Matz gets 100%. hammered for four in the first inning it's like oh boy you could not pick a worse time and then i got to go down that road too i mean i really don't get worked up about much but i i am here you know <sighs> okay he had a nice second third fourth and fifth inning God in heaven, they lost because of the first inning. So I don't want to hear about his second, third, fourth, and fifth inning. And this happens all the time with this guy. It's not like this was, 
you know, Shane McClanahan and he had a bad first inning and then he, you know, got back into his groove of going seven innings for the Rays. This is Steven Matz in whatever his ERA is now. A million might as well be. You know, well, you know, I got to credit Steven. He really came through in the second through the fifth. Okay, can we talk about the first? (laughs) Spring training. And I know he was an out away from getting out of it. You know, when he started the game, he was three outs away from getting out of it. Stop it! For the love... I mean, like I said, my emotional... You know, it just you get to a point in your life where you're not necessarily... You know, your, your sleep isn't affected by the performance of a team in the regular season. But still, I have an obligation to call it how I see it. And holy crap, I'm just looking at this. I'm going, what is going on? It is... Uh, it's something to behold. Now, with all of that said, I still think that they are going to be better. I really do. But I I keep I feel like I'm saying it every damn day on this show and I'm going do I not do I do do I really believe this or am I just saying it? And honestly, I do, but I also thought that the Blues were going to get better. So, I just can't believe Nolan Arnato is going to continue on this this track. I also believe, well, not I believe, they announced Adam Wainwright's going to be pitching on Saturday. And hell, my actions back it up. You may have noticed the undefeated Southside Seaman Fantasy Baseball Club in the midst of that cluster F last night go, okay, that'll wrap her up for Steven Matz, at least for the short term, and went and picked up Matthew Libertor on the waiver wire. I believe that he will be making an appearance sooner rather than later. So, um, Yeah, man. I I told you at the beginning of the week, I said, if they go two and four or worse against a combination of the Angels and Tigers, this coming Monday or Sunday night will be real interesting for the Cardinals. Because Bill DeWitt and his ownership tenure has not had a year where the Cardinals were completely out of it and or didn't have Mark McGuire distracting people from the Cardinals being out of it. That's the truth. That's the math. 2007, they were kind of in it, and they had the equity of winning the World Series the year before. So this is uncharted territory. But it is. this is the worst record in the National League. I I think we might have to include the American League Central along with the Oakland A's and say they are not participating (laughs) this year. And so if that is the case, the Cardinals have the worst record in baseball next to the Colorado Rockies. They're both tied. And the Colorado Rockies didn't have championship aspirations. I can say with confidence that in Denver, they're probably talking more about Jackson's Nuggets than they are the Rockies' problems. But here, this is what we got, and this is a big surprise. We'll talk about it with Lynn Worthy of the Post-Dispatch next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungadass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That gentleman's name is Action Jackson. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program Linworthy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch to talk Cardinal baseball. Lynn, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you. The listeners loved when you were on last week, so it's great to have you back on. Thanks so much for taking more time out to join us, man. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, we're unfortunately we're talking in in like the the winter of our discontent right now because of everything that has been been going on. I think since we last talked, Lynn, the Cardinals won one game, uh, so <laughs> so it hasn't exactly been a heater. Um, from a big picture perspective, uh, let's let's start on the rotation because I feel like there are issues in in each compartment of the ball club at this moment. Stephen Matz last night, uh, yeah, I realize 
you know, after the first inning, it went fine. But the first inning cost the Cardinals the game, and he has been problematic uh, in most of his starts with the Cardinals, and certainly this year. Uh, your thoughts on Mats, and what do you think the next step is for him? You know, I'm not entirely sure what the next step is with him, especially since, um, you know, it looks like Wayno will be back. Uh, this where Wayno's the schedule to be back this weekend for Saturday's start. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, it, that they make any sort of a change with Matt's just yet, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked, like, if they decide that they were going to, and I'm not sure exactly what that shuffling would look like. Um, at the same time, I, I think he's one of those guys that you – when he's right, you feel like there's more there than with some of the other options that you, that you have right now. But it's just he's just not right right now. For, whether it's just you know the lack of the curveball, or you know it seems like every outing there's that that inning or that pitch or that you know that one at bat, and, and everything goes sideways. And then you know he might get it back on track before. I mean after that, or he might have had it on track before that. But when you look at it after the fact, and it's you know it really doesn't matter what he did before or after because that's you know really where the game was decided yeah um and you know in an instance like last night obviously it was the first inning but then you know it's it's easy to also forget that you know the offense didn't come up with much of anything after that either i mean not that they were you know you you give up four in the first inning that you expect the offense to uh you know to sort of overcome that but they didn't really put up a whole lot of a fight the rest of that night either. Sure, the offense uh, has uh, has been one of the bigger problems as well. I don't even know which one you would rank ahead. The, the difference with the offense is we expect the offense to be good. We didn't necessarily expect the pitching to be great. I just want to follow up one more question on the rotation. Um, with Wainwright coming back, scheduled to start this Saturday against the Tigers, and Matthew Libertor off to a 3-1 and start with a 2.14 ERA, and his velocity is back uh, after last year coming up to St. Louis and throwing in the low 90s. He's getting it back up in the high 90s now. 1.10 whip. Uh, he has uh, struck out 45 hitters in 33 and two-thirds innings and only walked 12. Any indication from the Cardinals as how they view Libertor at this moment and any potential for him to join this rotation? I think it was the the last home stand. It sounded like um, you know. I think uh, Mo uh, John Mozeliak spoke uh, to you know the media as a group last home stand, and seemed like he was wanting to almost pump the brakes a little bit on the Libertor, um, just to like you know. I mean, I think part partially that was making sure that you know Jake Woodford knew that he was going to get you know at least another start or two to to sort of get out of the funk that he'd been in. Um, so I'm not sure if they've changed gears on that. I think, especially with Zach Thompson going down, yeah, um, you could probably say, okay, well, maybe that clears that spot for Woodford to eventually slide into the bullpen where he was supposed to start the season before Wayno got hurt, now with Wayno back in the rotation. But, I mean, it does present options where if they decided they wanted to do something different with Matt's, then does that mean that, um, you know, uh, you can bring somebody else up and, and you know, um, not necessarily have to um, put Woodford back or leave Woodford in the rotation. He could still go to the bullpen and does somebody else get into the rotation. I'm not not entirely sure. Okay. Um, but um, I know as of that last time, it seemed like they wanted to, to pump the brakes in that a little bit. I don't know how much that has changed since then. Um Again, and you know, and the other thing is, is Matt. You know, not that uh, fans necessarily want to necessarily look at it this way, but Matt is one of those guys that you are committed to for a couple of years. Where, you're, as opposed to, you know, some of the other guys, where um, you know you're not 
you don't necessarily have them. You're not tied to them for multiple years. So there's probably incentive to get him right and to try and get him going. Yeah, you're exactly right. That won't uh, that won't make most fans real happy to hear. But <laughs> it is a reality. They still have 35 million plus uh, over the next uh, this year and then two years beyond that. Let's turn to the offense as you were making reference to Lynn. As Lynn Worthy is our guest here on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party presented by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Uh, the offense. Uh, it, I think so much of this starts with Nolan Arenado just not being right last night. The Cardinals look like they might be getting something going in the sixth inning, and then Arnado rolls over and uh, double play, and nothing gets going after two on and nobody out. Uh, your observations on Arnado and uh, what you are hearing from him and from the team with regards to his surprisingly slow start this season. Yeah, I know that everybody, um, I think we, we talked about the last time too, is as far as there's been no indication there's anything going on health-wise. It's just, you know, he's talked about being off with timing, being off just disconnected, I believe is the term he used mechanically. Um, I think going back and look at the numbers, something like five for 50 now, his last five for 50 without an extra base hit. Um, he's just, you know... I, I don't want to say lost because a guy like that, um, you know, has obviously proven and he's gone through slumps before. I mean, I think last May he had a dreadful stretch. So, I mean, I don't want to say lost because it sounds like he's, you know, like he's gone off the rails or something like that, or he's just not going to get, get it back. But I think he's, he knows what he needs to work on. It's not as though he's just sort of floundering. It's just going through one of those stretches where um, anything and everything just seems to be going wrong at the plate for him. Um, and I think that, that that's a big, I mean, in the middle of your lineup is not going, um, you know, I mean, like last night, if, if he gets, you know, a base hit there, or if he hits a home run there, I mean, anything there aside from the double play, um, and maybe it gives them a chance to, to get back in that game or, you know, one swing puts them right back in that game, but you're just not getting that from him right now. Um, and it's it's trickling down to the the, the entire offense. Yeah, and the, the thing is not, and I agree with you. I mean, I was thinking, okay, this is the moment right here. This is the chance for him and for the Cardinals to come back, get a big win, and Arenado starts getting it right. Because you're right, he he did have months where he was really off last year, and he had months where he was uh, invincible. But, you know, over his last seven days, uh, you were speaking to his recent numbers. He's two for his last 24 and uh, and just, you know, not hitting the ball hard. And that's the thing that's odd to me. Even though he didn't have a great and granted it was a two-game series against the Phillies, he did hit the ball hard. He had a ball in game one that I think everybody thought was a home run and it stayed in the ballpark. He was hitting the ball hard. Now he's just not hitting the ball hard either. That was a, that was a nondescript ground out uh, for that double play. And that's that's why I kept asking: Is he healthy? And everybody says, Yeah, he he is healthy. He's just in in a slump. But so much of the Cardinals' offensive issues—it's not going to tend to the rotation situation—but the offensive issues is a domino effect. That if in the middle of the order, Nolan Arenado is is hitting. I mean, you remember from spring training, Ali Marmol saying, "Hey, we know who our three, four, five guys are, uh, and those guys are not hitting three, four, five right now because the Cardinals are trying to figure out what to do because the guy who you would think would be the core is really off to a sluggish start. So, what options do you think the Cardinals have with trying to get this offense going beyond uh, anything being done outside of the organization, Lynn? 
I think it's just going to be a matter of, you know, um, par- partially it's going to be playing. I mean, as we've seen them trying to just play matchups to the to create as many opportunities as they can. It's going to be juggling lineups, you know, as we've already seen. I mean, there's really a limited amount of things that you can do, um, especially when you – I mean, you're not going to change out, you know, but so much of, you know, the, the lineup. I mean, you're not going to move guys like uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt out of the middle of that lineup. Right. Like, I think that's, you know, I mean, you're just not going to do that. So aside from that, um, there's really not a whole lot, aside from trying to get them to come around, maybe moving some of the parts around them and try to get other things going. Um that's that's I think one of the the toughest parts is it's like okay the thing that you sort of counted on and and figured that you can sort of build around is not clicking right now and there's not a whole lot that you can um, you know it's like rearranging uh, you know the, the furniture but um, the house is uh, uh, just sort of falling apart a little bit <laughs> it's just you know I mean, it, it, you can't do but so much to to dress that up yeah. Well, um, uh, and it, I don't think, yeah, and I'm not sure that there's, you know, I mean, and, and I know people want to say, oh, you got to, you got to bring up certain guys and do all these other things. I'm not sure how much that, I mean, I guess if you just change for the sake of change or you think it's going to give a spark, then I guess maybe, but I'm not sure if that doesn't create more problems in, in some ways or not. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Walker is uh, was over three last night. He has not been tearing the cover off the ball since going down to Memphis. Certainly, a, a limited amount of time here. I mean, he's he's only been down there for for less than a week, but over three last night with with two strikeouts. And I know they want him to start uh, elevating the ball, so that's not going to be a move that they would necessarily make. And it's really early in the season. The only team that I could see making a move here in the next couple of weeks would be the White Sox. Uh, other than that, I think uh, teams aren't going to be pulling on the season in the first week of May for the Cardinals to be a trading partner. At least it would surprise me. Hey, final thought for you, Lynn. I mean, this is uh, this is coming at a bad time because I think it'll be, quote-unquote, maybe I'm not using the right word here, fun to see Shohei Otani um, pitching and hitting tonight, uh, off last night for the Angels, pitching tonight for the Angels. Um, but I don't know how fun it will be if he's like held them scoreless and hitless through four. But uh, it'll be a chance to see one of the best in the game and a guy who is a free agent uh, pitching in St. Louis uh, tonight. Uh, your thoughts on the chance for Cardinal fans to see Shohei Otani both at the plate and on the mound? Well, I mean, he's he's just one of those unique talents. I mean, um, I think I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what the numbers were last year. That um, so I was out there for a series in Anaheim um, covering the Royals at the time, and I think he had one of those series where he had a game where he drove in. I want to say it was you know like six, seven RBI, something like that, and then the next night strikes out double digits and is throwing, you know, a hundred miles an hour. And it's, it's one of those things that you, you know, it's like that dude that, or that kid that dominates little league and you just, you know, he's the best hitter. He's the best pitcher. Guys can't touch him, can't throw anything to him. But at the major league level, that doesn't exist. Except right. Now it does in Shohei. Um, so um, just from a baseball standpoint and, and just seeing an outstanding talent and performance, like, you know, he's one of those guys that you tune in and you, you go see because you just want to see what he does because you know he's capable of amazing things. Um, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're not going to be <laughs> excited about the potential of what he might do on either side, whether it's in the batter's box or on the mound. Uh, I think if the – I mean, 
if you, and I know people don't want to be looking for small victories or moral victories or anything like that. I think if they play well against him tonight, you know, maybe they scratch out a win or they're able to get something going. I mean, I think uh, Michael starts tonight. If he has another solid start after the, the rough start to the season he had, I guess there's something you can take from that, obviously, encouragement going forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a rough stretch right now. Um, and, yeah, the fact that, you, you know, you would have liked to have gotten that one last night when he wasn't in the lineup. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And then, go, yeah, okay, he, he, yeah, he wasn't pitching this weekend. You can dodge it, but you get to see him hit it. But now you got him back in the lineup, and he's pitching, and you're in the midst of a, a losing streak. It is, uh, it is not optimal timing. But, nonetheless, it'll be, quote-unquote, fun to see Shohei Otani performing both on the mound and in the batter's box tonight at Bush Stadium as the Cardinals try to halt the skid and turn this thing around. You can read Lynn Worthy's game stories and his thoughts. So on STLToday.com and in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Lynn, always appreciate your time on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. You guys take care. Take it easy, man. That's Lynn Worthy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch with us here on Balloon Party. Uh, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. A couple things here on the back half of the show. Uh, sports gambling in Missouri has... Uh, Hit another roadblock, and uh, I have some insight into what is going on. Uh, I will have that uh, for you and give you my thoughts on that. And then there is a Little Piddles. Uh, the Little Piddles redemption arc. Now, the redemption arc, is that saying, like, okay, we acknowledge yesterday's Tuesday it was the toss half around? Half. Oh, half and half. Oh, no, I'm a half ha- and half fan. It has nothing to do with my uh, performance. Not at all. No, it has to do with its questions about essentially comebacks or oh. com- some redemption. Uh, Ladies Love Cool James said, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Do you recall that song, even though it predates your birth by seven years? I don't, but... uh, Mama said knock you out, really. Is that right? uh, You're speaking Latin, essentially, to me right now. Even though I went with a British dialect at the end. Did you catch that? I did. Sometimes you do that, and it always throws me off guard. (laughs) I I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with, like, the chords of Stairway to Heaven. I wasn't born. I'm just surprised for somebody such as yourself that you're not familiar with Mama Said Knock You Out. I really am. I'm not like a music historian to an extent. You're a film. Film historian for sure. Hmm. For okay. sure. Interesting. Yeah, cinephile as they call it. Cinephile. All right, Jackson's a cinephile. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. All this coming up in the second half balloon party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Hacker, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or uap for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan. We go to the top of the hour when BK and Ferrario take over. Uh, we were joined by Lynn Worthy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You can always go back and podcast via the 101 ESPN app. Talking Cardinal baseball and the debacle that is, uh, you can also leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Jackson, do we have any whatsoever today indeed we do tim oh we do you're not going to censor this no this one's going to get on the air and it's going to get on the air immediately okay. from steve and wildwood okay i can't be calm about this what the holy hell is going on down there you're in last place 
Your fans are in first place every year. And what is the media in this town worried about? Patches. Patches on your sleeves. Why don't you make some more money off that wallet? Here's what we should do. Dispatch the manager. Dispatch Bowtie. Dispatch Pinocchio. And sell the team to someone who gives a damn about the fans. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Scalding. Yeah. Can't disagree. Scalding. Just can't. It's uh, Steve in Wildwood, and he uh, is not happy with the media's concern regarding the patches. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, usually I like to say, hey, Steve, you know, maybe just take a breath, but I have to echo. When they're 10 and 20. Yeah, it's tough it's to. It's a 333 winning percentage. Tough to say there's any overreactions out there. Uh, thank you, Steve. You can leave a 101 uh, ESPN uh, mic drop by using the 101 ESPN app. Uh, something that actually uh, gets me fired up. Uh, I don't know if I would get to the level of Steve, but maybe I would, is that uh, sports gambling in Missouri uh, is uh, frozen in the state Senate because of uh, these video slot machine things. <laughs> I think that's actually the... Is that the proper term? Yeah, I think you look it up in a dictionary. So you go into a gas station and you gamble. <laughs> To, to hit to hit the the, the yeah. nail on the head, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, essentially yeah. what it is. It is, yeah. Now, uh, once again, at the outset of the show, I said, here's what I'm working on. Lowering my golf handicap and moving to Jupiter, Florida. Those are the two tenets of my life. And what are the four tenets of this show? Number one, we're pro-liberty. At least I am. I'm starting to wonder about you. Yeah, I'm 50-50. Yeah. Uh, but, th- but then secondarily, uh, we don't kink shame. No, we do not. And then we're working on three and four. Is that correct? Uh, we... Uh... We're not results oriented. I oh, feel like that's, that's one of them. Correct. Yes. Very nice. And much like Ted Lasso, we don't know what number four is. That's right. There you go. So there it is. Now you now know. So here's what we got for you. Um, they are uh, trying to get this legislation passed, but uh, a gentleman who used to uh, have uh, a high rank in the uh, state senate is uh, is playing a role in lobbying for these things where you can walk into the gas station and gamble. <laughs> uh, call them what you will. Uh, when I am uh, going to the gas station, I insert the credit card, kind of irritated that I got to sit there for three minutes, probably going to scroll through Instagram, yeah. be real honest with you. My girl Ella Reese is probably where I'm going to see what's doing, no be real transparent with the audience. Maybe Abigail Mack, just depends on the mood that I'm in on that day. The filler thing kind of bothers me. And then I'll go, okay, that'll wrap her up. It doesn't cross my mind to go, today might be the day where I'm going to go in and I'm going to gamble in the gas station, but apparently this is a thing. Right. Now, here is what is going on. Would you like to know what's going on? Of course you want to know what's going on. You might not like what's going on, but you're about to find out what's going on, Jackson. Yeah. The people who own these gas station gambling terminals don't really want them regulated, which may or may not speak to the legitimacy of the gambling (laughs) gas station terminal. It certainly raises an eyebrow, Tim. I would consider it to be negative EV for those of you who engage in statistics, probability, engage in market activity. Negative EV. If the gambling outlet does not want to be legalized because it will be regulated, it would tell you that it might not be on the up and up. You are welcome to a different perspective if you would like. Now, because of that, the people who own the gas station gambling devices have attached themselves like a barnacle 
to the sports gambling legislation, and because it is attached to it, this thing can't get out of the state Senate. And so Bill DeWitt III, outside of talking about patches yesterday, talked about the fact that the Cardinals, along now with the Blues and then the Royals and the Chiefs, are considering taking this to the people to be voted on. Right. Uh, we had Steve Chapman, uh, Chief uh, Executive Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer and Head of Marketing for the St. Louis Blues on TMA this morning, and I think he might have been on with Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis and Brooke Grimsley and Matt Rocky on the opening drive uh, to get uh, his perspective on this, because I wanted to see what his thoughts were on this actually passing if it went to a statewide vote. I'll be real honest with you, I don't think it would. Uh, now, he said it depends on which polling data you get. You know, I think a lot of, he said a lot of people probably didn't think marijuana would pass. It passed. Uh, the St. Louis University poll I took a look at from February of this year shows that younger people are in favor of it, uh, nearly about 50%. Older people, I say that respectfully, 65 and older, uh, are not in favor of it. If you live in the city of St. Louis or the city of Kansas City, you are slightly more in favor of it than rural voters. And if you live in suburban St. Louis or suburban Kansas City, you are the most in favor of the two other comparative demographics, and that being the uh, city and the rural voters. The rural voters, according to the St. Louis University poll, would vote for it 24% of the time. Now, with that all said... Uh, the, 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 this thing has been passed in the border states, almost all of the border states. And so Missourians are going to Illinois if you live in St. Louis, or they're going to Kansas if you live in Kansas City. And what Steve Chapman's perspective was is we're wasting time on this, and it's all about these gas station gambling posts. And that's the, which sounds insane on the surface that this right. is what's going on. So I have a, a compadre of mine and this isn't like a buddy that I, you know, drank with 20 years ago and you know, he's got a Twitter account with 30 <laughs> followers. This is somebody but they don't want their name out there. Probably doesn't want anybody to know that we're uh, friends. And uh, and this is what he said regarding the situation. He says the issue is that these video slot machines have incredibly powerful lobby that is very influential with the current state government leadership. He said Steve Tilley is the lobbyist and he's very connected to the governor and many Senate leaders. Uh, he was uh, formerly the leader of the Missouri Senate. Now he is a lobbyist. That's uh, one of the phenomenons of government and that isn't limited to Missouri. Uh, check out K Street in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, he said uh, when Parson was also in the Senate, they were close, Governor Parson. The upshot is basically this. Video gaming lobby understands that as long as their machines are tied to sports betting, no legislation will get passed. And they know they have a very small window of time before their machines are regulated, and they are trying to extend that as long as possible. A substantial source of revenue for the game manufacturers are the gas station owners who house the machines. So once again, drive home the point, they don't want them regulated. <laughs> pause. Intentional pause. They don't want them regulated. Why do you think that is? Well. And you can answer that for yourself. So when you sit there and go, man, I really like Piddles Inside on the Nugget series. I'd like to place a wager. Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to have to drive over to Illinois pull over into a gas station, which may or may not have a wonderful plethora of machines or not, I don't know, and then place your wager and then drive back over into Missouri. Why? Not because of any moral issue, 
because apparently there's Las Vegas, there's Atlantic City, and then there's Missouri gas stations in order of gambling meccas in the United States of America. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, and that is Action Jackson, and we are sponsored by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota Jackson. Once again, the time management subpar. I mean, it's just an F every day, let's be honest about it. At this point, I don't even know if they're grading it because it's just a dumpster fire. But right. with that said, I'm sure we have some time for the Little Piddles Wednesday Redemption arc? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. today is the Redemption arc. So pick your one or two favorites because there's no possible way we can no. get through them all. No, there isn't, but it's okay. So with the Little Piddles Redemption arc, we're going to kick it off. We're going to kick it off right now. The Cardinals are far from dead, baby. This... Oh, wow. Look yeah. at this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This season. Are you could... applying for a job here? <laughs> yeah, I might need to. Uh, this season could either be a dud or a turnaround of major proportions is on the horizon. There are some precedents here. The 2001 Oakland A's started 11-18 and ended up winning 102 games that year. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, That's I, I, I went to Oakland and saw that team play, as a matter of fact. Saw them play against each row. Yep. Beautiful ballpark. Quite a crowd <laughs> last night, 2,500. Yeah, that's right. It was brutal. What, in your mind, would signal a turnaround for the Cardinals, and what would give you confidence to say that they are back in the hunt? What would you need to see in order? And obviously, winning games is the answer. But right, I don't understand. I'm sorry, and I am. I'm saying this. What do you mean by that? Because that would be the answer. Like, right. yes, they win ten in a row. Right, and that would that would be. But that's to an extent tough. What I would say is. What we get because when you watch the team now, it's not like it's like oh they're right there and getting unlucky. I agree with that. I agree with that part. So what would be like okay, they might win five hundred. It might be five hundred over two weeks getting going because right. the rotation kind of is what it is, which is very cliche to say, and I'd like to apologize for using a cliche, but. You know, Miles Michaelis tonight can absolutely go six, maybe into the seventh inning, and hold the Angels. You know. To, to one or two runs. That's within his range of reality. But then you go into how likely is it that anybody else in the rotation can do that relatively consistently. Montgomery has done it. But, you know, it's just not something that is in that rotation at the moment. So, therefore, how are they going to win? They're going to win with offense. I mean, to me, I don't want to say everything stops and starts with Nolan Arnato, but if he gets it going you're going to see things as a domino effect. Because right now, I don't even know if opposing staffs have to go, God, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about him. Right. And if he's in the middle of the order and he's, and he's not hitting the ball hard, that's why I just, I just wonder what's going on. That's the thing. It's one thing if a guy's hitting the ball hard and he's hitting in a tough luck. And I know people don't want to hear that, but he's not hitting the ball hard. And that makes me wonder what's going on. I know it's not a lack of effort thing. John Denton comes on and tells us every time. He's one of the first people there in the cage getting work in. I just don't know. But I, I imagine that it's going to get right. And once that happens, I think then you'll see some semblance of a domino effect for the rest of the offense. Now, is it going to be good enough to offset the pitching? I don't know. But that's what I would look for, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I mean it feels like sometimes when I'm watching it, they can't even get a rally going. Not, like even last night, O'Neal scores, I got two runs on, Edmund up to the plate, and just a weak little ground ball right back to the pitcher. It's like, man, you can't even get a little something you going. You want a sweat. You Give me a sweat is what I you're just saying. Want, I, yeah, and, and also – to be fair to the offense, starting off for nothing before you even get the bat in your hands is deflated. And, and, and the whole thing was psychologically, and I guess this means this is the last topic, <laughs> but the whole thing before the game, outside of the big patch announcement, was new month, 
that was a bad month. Clean slate. We're back home. It was a 10-game West Coast road trip. This team is in a good frame of mind to turn it around. How do you do before we get a bat in our hand for nothing? Steven Matz. And you just go, oh, crap, here we go again. Exactly. Here we go again. It seems like it's Groundhog Day to an extent and just can't get anything going. Very frustrating, Tim. It is. It is indeed. All right. I would love to go longer, Jackson, but but the reality is it's 10.58 and BK and Ferrari are up next, and that's just the reality of the situation. The redemption arc is evergreen. There's some is very, right? very good you know evergreen stuff. Me going. In there. John Denton will be with us tomorrow. MLB.com uh, writer. We're on from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day on TMA. Go to you can watch us and see really how. I don't know if I would say I'm hot, but then at 46, can you be cute? Yeah, I would say that you're you're classically handsome. Oh my God, I agree. Yeah, classically. Because a lot of women are like, give me a guy who's five three. Yeah. I have lopsided head. Right, and balding. <laughs> That's classically <laughs> handsome. That's right. That's right. Time for us to shut it down for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.